Hobby Addict の時間です It's time for Hobby Addict And now here are your anime addicts Hey everybody, welcome to Hobby Addicts What episode are we on here? A thousand Welcome、Part、to Hobby Addicts episode 263. And I'm back after a week of, of、uh, audio chaos and technical problems that could not be immediately resolved, but have since solidified to the point where I'm on the podcast again. So, yay. And I'm yay. joined, of course, by, Ma- by we have Mason starting off. Mason, how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm a little toasty right now. A little behind schedule for once, but overall, I'm doing all right.、Mm, okay. Okay. And we also have Caroline. Caroline, how are you doing? Oh, I am doing well. I'm a recent inoculated person. Got、oh, my shot on、right. Friday, second shot, and all done.、Um, so that's good. I also have a new air conditioner in my room. It's not turned on at the moment because it would、uh, appear on the recording anyway. But. That's how it sounds. <laughs> True.、Um, but now my room is actually going to be cold. And, well, like, not cold, but you know, it's actually going to cool down my room instead of maybe bring it down a temperature and leave it at that. And it has a remote control. Wow. Amazing features with this、mm. thing. You're becoming fancy. I am. <laughs> and、well, uh, in other news, my parents are in the middle of going to Pittsburgh to pick up my, my grandmother. So I'm sure that they are going to have a fantastic time. Not really. Is that very far from, your, from where your parents live, Pittsburgh? Yeah, it's well, like a good six hours or so,、oh、seven hours. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah.、Um, but, you know, it's my sister's graduation, so they're going to bring my grandma over to, to be a part of it, which is good. Well, that's good. It's just that、um, my mom is about ready to shoot herself, I'm sure, because she.、Uh, <laughs> let's just say that she is not really a huge fan of my dad's side of the family. <laughs> well, what can you do? Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, of course, I jumped at the chance to not go as well. So <laughs> I did not、nice. really help her. You're welcome. And, yeah. And it's good to hear that you are、uh, vaccinated. Cal- Colorado is really opening up. It's, it's pretty nice.、Um, a lot of gas stations, grocery store, my, my, my company, you know, various restaurants. None of them are requiring masks anymore in Colorado. So they basically say, but Colorado also has like the number two highest like vaccination percentage in the country, or it's, it's one of the top few states in terms of people getting vaccinated. So、um, yeah, they're just like, if you're vaccinated, just you don't have to do it anymore. So it's、uh, That's good. not a whole lot of strife happening about, about it over here. So, but hey, I'm back and I. Did summit Mount Yale, and it is a little bit of a story. It's always a story, <laughs> it's always something. And then I went to a bathhouse, a Russian bathhouse, the next day because I was be- all beaten up and、uh, had some interesting experiences there. Caroline, and I'm sure people are anxious to hear that story because that was like the drop the of the well, true, but it was also like the lead in on last episode. Yeah. Where you're like, hey, listen to this great story that I wasn't able to tell. So I'm sure people are clamoring for it. Yes, the nude Santa Claus story. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, do it's tell, not, it, do tell. It's not quite as grandiose as it sounds. You know, it's like, you know, there were no elves and yanking, on my, yanking on my dick or anything, you know. But, uh, you, know, you, know, you know, it'll be, it'll be fun enough. So 
And uh, Caroline played the game Cozy Cozy Grove, which I've never heard of. Yes. And Mason got sunburned. Oh. It happens every year. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, so I guess I I'll... I think Mitsuki should go first. I'll just start. I agree. You know, I, uh, I, I did pick up Sekiro again over the week over the weekend and um, had to start cold on Genichiro. <laughs> so Ooh. that's my gaming experience. I basically didn't even know how to play the game anymore. And it took... He probably killed me a hundred times, I would guess. Um, and then I beat him. So... And I have like I think I have like like tendonitis in my fucking left arm from, from gripping the controller so hard. It was a pretty hard <laughs> fight, but I'm looking forward to pursuing the platinum trophy on Sekiro. But hey, I'm back. I summited Mount Yale. Let's see, it wasn't uh, last weekend, right? It was the or maybe it was. Yeah, last weekend. I summited it on the 22nd. And Mount Yale is one of the collegiate peak mountains right in the middle of the Rockies by Buena Vista. It's uh, one, it's fourteen thousand one hundred and ninety six feet tall, and you know it was a it was a good hike, but the conditions on the ground were not as good as I was hoping. So I knew that there was kind of a risk that 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 there might be a lot of snow, because this was like the snowiest spring we've had in Denver in something like a hundred years, and you know, and because and when it and when it rains in Denver, it snows in the mountains. So, you know, generally at least when it's not summer. And so, you know, but there's not like a lot of information being reported about like conditions and whatnot. So, you know, we had a couple, we had a few hot days and I was like, well, maybe some of it melted. So we went ahead and went up to Mount Yale. We got up at about 4 a.m. Same story. Drove out to Mount Yale. It's about two and a half hour drive. The road leading to the trailhead was super easy. I mean, it's like a paved road where you basically just pull off into like a small parking lot and then you walk from there. So there's no treacherous like roads where you could like you know puncture your gas tank or anything crazy you know on the way yep. up the, on the way up the road and you know it was pretty obvious right away oh, oh and, and, and we brought the dog with us Yay! it was pretty obvious right away that the conditions weren't going to be good but um you know pancake and i are both pretty stubborn and so you know we're ignoring it you know because because there was snow you know starting I'd say like at 10,500 feet, there was already some snow, which is really not a good sign because, you know, the climate at 10,000 feet is completely different than the climate at 13,000 feet. And so we're walking and it's just like a nice hike through the woods and we get to the tree line area and the tree line area always seems to be where there's the most snow because it's like the highest point in the, on the hike where the trees are shading the snow from the sun and the trees are protecting the sun from the wind. So once you get past the, the tree line, usually the wind has like blown the snow off, you know, and the sun is melting the snow. And But when you get to the tree line, it's it's usually like, you know, an adventure, so to speak. And, you know, I had all kinds of photos and and uh, maps and whatever for the hike, even though it, this hike was supposed to be easy. Um, but they don't really help you much because when there's so much snow, and I'm talking like three feet plus, you really can't see the trail. So you have no clue where you're going, more or less. You know, the trail will dip in and out. Like you'll be like, oh, here's a dirt, here's a dirt spot. Oh, and I can see part of the trail under it. And then you can kind of realign yourself. But mostly you're following footprints of people that have hiked the mountain, you know, the earlier that day or yesterday. And so you're kind of trusting people. And generally, just like you pull your phone out, you're like, well, I'm supposed to go north. Am I going north? Yes. Okay. And then blah, blah, blah. So you just kind of, kind of meander your way through. Well, um, 
I'll get back to the footprints later, but we did we did find our way through the tree line. And in the morning at about, you know, 8 a.m., it's uh, you can walk on top of the snow. So the snow's frozen, and you can walk on top of it. And even though it's three feet deep, you don't really notice because you're you know your your weight is it 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 will support like like 200 pounds in the morning and so no big deal you know there's like the occasional post hole here and there but it's not that bad and um we got through the tree line and uh we're both really out of shape you know i'm tired already and and uh you know whatnot and i'm old looking what can i say i'm old and you know we're climbing we're like hiking up like the the sort of like the, ele- the, the elevation gain areas before like the final pitch are you'd probably walk a mile and a half and you'd probably gain about 600 feet of elevation gain. So it's not that steep. And then, but like before we got to the head wall of the mountain, I had this cramp in my quadricep. I was like, oh my God, like my quadricep is killing me. It was like right, it was the, the quadricep head that's right at the, right at the top of your, of your knee. Like if, yep. you, if like people listening, if you straighten your leg completely straight and you can, you kind of lock your knee and flex your leg, you'll feel like a ball, like a bulb at like the top of your knee, right? That's where your quadricep connects to your, to the tendon or whatever, to the bone. And I had a bad cramp there and I was like, I was like, fuck, I'm going up. I'm still going up. I think that's exactly where my cramp was when I hiked up with you, Mitz, that one mm-hmm. time. And yeah. I just, I don't know if I wasn't eating enough or drinking enough, but I was just like, uh... I'm done. I'm feeling it. Uh, KO Mason out of out of the running. Mason out. Well, I don't think I could ever go hiking with you, Mitsuki. Because if you were getting tired at that point, I probably would have been out of commission halfway through. <laughs> well, I'm a badass, Caroline. So here, let me finish. L- let me keep going here, and, and and you'll and you'll you'll feel even more strongly about what you just said. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's a 900 foot wall of ice in front of me. <laughs> Cause the, cause the, 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 it's winter conditions more almost, except for like the air temperature and, you know, and, and the, the trails are gone. Like there's no trails and we're following these people. There's like 12 people walking up the front of this, like this, like hill. It's, it's not really like a wall, but it's so steep. It feels like one. I mean, it's, um, it would have been like that hill that you and I climbed Mason where it was like almost hands and knee, hands and knees, like at times, but mm-hmm. covered in uh, covered in snow. So, you know, it's, uh, it's super long, it's super steep, it's exhausting, and I've got a fucking cramp in my quadricep, and it hurts, and I'm like, if I'm like, I'm like if I, even if I summit this, will I be able to get down? <laughs> like, am I going to be so cramped that I can't walk? So, but, you know, I'm an idiot, so I'm stubborn. So we get to the head wall, and we're like, oh, well, you know, let's just get to the, where, the, where the climb starts, and we'll stop and assess and blah, blah, so, but we're all stubborn as fuck, so we, so we, we, we start climbing it. And, you know, I have to drop to my, it's completely snow covered. You know, it's probably, it's probably a foot of snow everywhere. And I I like, I'm dropping to my knees every 50 steps and like ironing out my quadricep with my elbow, you know, trying to iron out that muscle, um, stretching up, like getting on my back and stretching the quadricep every 50 feet. And, um, you know, after about, I'm not really sure how many iterations of that, after about 25 sessions of ironing out my quadricep and stretching, you know, the 50 steps at a time thing, it works. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, 45 minutes later, we were at the top of that hill and we had passed most of the hikers that were on it before we got there. Um, so, and then the, and the top of the hill, you know, you've done the hardest part of the hike and there's just like this really neat ridge line to the top. That's, um, this mixture of, uh, of like really big rocks and snow. And you really feel like you're climbing like, Ooh, like, Ooh, I'm like an Everest right now. Cause it's like, there's all this snow and you're, you're climbing over rocks and 
you know, there's like drop offs, you know, here and there. And, and you really feel like you're kind of like mountain climbing at that point. So the ridge line is really neat. Uh, it's kind of like where the hike goes from, oh, I'm walking up a hill to like, oh, I'm walking on a mountain, you know, and, and you get to have that for about, you know, quarter mile and then you're at the summit and, uh, you know, the summit is, it was nice, but it, you know, we didn't stay very long cause there was bad weather coming in. Um, I did have a guy gave me some electrolyte powder on the way up. Uh, these, these, uh, so it was pretty funny. This, this uh, group of guys, they were all first time climbers from Nashville and they'd never done a 14 er And I'm like, man, you guys picked the wrong, you guys picked the wrong time of year and the wrong mountain to do your first 14 er on. Cause this is, I'd say it felt like by the time the hike was totally finished, it felt like a top five, most difficult hike for us. And, um, and there was like some D one division one football player hiking, hiking with them. And he was like, bro, this is harder than anything I ever did in D one football. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, it's pretty hard. And, but they gave me some electrolyte powder and it really helped a lot. You know, my cramp, my cramps weren't that bad coming down the mountain. Um, but you know, we were following their footprints the whole time through the woods and we followed them basically up the front of the mountain. And we realized that they were going the wrong way. There's actually like a series of switchbacks that were about 50% covered a little bit to the west. And you could, you more or less, you, you pretty much could have avoided cl- going up that steep slope by using the switchbacks over to the west, even though you couldn't see them. You know, they were 50% there and not there. So you could have kind of used them, but we basically climbed the mountain the hardest possible way we could, which uh, was probably also the slowest way because, you know, it's hard, even though it's a shorter number of feet compared to the switchbacks. And, but coming back down the mountain was the real issue. So that's, so that's where the real battle was, was coming down the mountain um, because the snow had softened, um, you know, in the heat and in the sun. And by the time we got back to the tree line, it was probably about, um, I'd say it was about one, it was almost two o'clock probably. You know, it took us five hours to summit. We summited it. We summited the mountain at 1230 and um, came back down pretty soon after that and so about an hour and a half later we were back at the tree line where all the snow was and it was no longer supporting anybody's weight and especially not mine you know because I'm I'm probably like 186 pounds with my backpack on and I probably post hold close to 100 times over the course of a mile and a half you know people were like what the hell's post holding well post holding is like when you're walking you're walking you're walking it's all nice and all of a sudden you just step on some snow and your leg will just punch through it and you'll be like hip deep in snow and it's totally without warning <laughs> um you know you could lose your shoe you could hurt yourself you know it's really not great not a good situation to be in and it's exhausting like pulling yourself up the pulling yourself up, up out of the snow over and over again and and uh, i have ice burns on my butt like literally i had i think i think they're gone now but i had these two big patches where like my back was just like torn up right, right like at the top of my butt from like the cold and also from just the ice because we were doing a lot of like sliding on our butts down the hills and um you know pancake was not pleased she was she made me promise that we'd never do another 14er in these <laughs> conditions again and i was like what, I mean, you know, what, 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 what am i supposed to say like putting the poor girl through hell here and um more importantly, though, how did the uh, the pupper handle it? Yeah. So the dog was the dog was tough. I mean, she's usually a big pussy, but um, you know, there weren't too many rocks on this. So normally her paws will shred open eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, going from like the wet snow to the rocks, back to the wet snow, back to the rocks, like it just softens up her pads. And these rocks, they were, these rocks are granite for the most part, 
and they're they, they can be sharp and so like you know she's walking on these sharp hard rocks and with her soft paws but in this case there was so much snow that she was mostly just on the snow the whole time there wasn't like a tremendous amount of rocks to deal with <clears throat> oh nice wouldn't she need like little booties and she won't you know, wear even them. with the cold? She won't wear the she won't wear them. <laughs> it is impossible without having human feet to really secure booties all that well. Yeah. I, I think I think when we went hiking with her We tried. We we tried so many times and they were constantly just being flung off down the mountain yep. and eventually we just started losing them because yeah, <laughs> she wasn't going to wear those fucking things. She was fine. You know, the, the, the next day though, she was like, I'd say for the next three days, she didn't really want to do anything. Like she was like, she was kind of like us, you know, she was like, I'm not fucking doing shit. Like she didn't want to go outside to go to the bathroom. And, uh, that's not good, but I've seen her worse. I mean, understandable. I don't want to go outside to use the bathroom. So <laughs> I feel that <laughs> I grew up in West Virginia. So I'm used to like peeing in bushes and or off the, or off the side of my porch or something. But, um, Done. So yeah, she made me promise, you know, it's not much fun when you're like, when you're like totally waist deep in snow, like swimming through it with your arms. Like you can't even fucking walk through it. You're just like, but you know, if she would wear snowshoes, you know, and you know, do the snowshoeing with me then we would just walk on top of the snow, no problem. And we wouldn't even be having this conversation, but what am I supposed to say? The girl won't wear snowshoes. So I don't know. But boy, the hike would, the hike in general would have been easier with snowshoes on. There's absolutely no doubt about that. What if you had a walking stick? Would that have helped? No, it wouldn't have. I mean, the walking stick would help you probably on the way up, but the fact that the like, snowshoes will help will, will prevent you from post holing, you know? So you can actually completely eliminate the difficulty of, well, of hiking through the soft snow with snowshoes on. So we, we could have avoided all that, but, you know, I don't think she wants to carry the snowshoes and she doesn't want to buy them because a good pair of snowshoes is about 300 bucks. So, oh, my you know, goodness. But they're pretty neat. Like if you look, if you look up a pair of nice snowshoes, they've got like razor sharp teeth on them, and they have like basically like brake pedals on those, where you can like lock, like you can dig your dig those sharp teeth into like the side of a hill and just stand there. Anyway, so we were all busted up, you know. My I made it down, but like I hurt every I I, I was hurting everywhere from the from my lower back down, um, you know. And uh, Pancake was in a lot of pain too on the way up. She's 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 tough. She's very tough. I mean, she's done these mountains and all kinds of physical conditions um you know i don't for the ladies out there i don't i I need not say much more you get what i'm saying um but she had like she's got she was having like hip pain back pain but hey we made it um we didn't really do much the rest of the weekend i mean we got uh some taco bell and you know watched some watched some movies and that was about it and the dog wasn't really willing to do much and and the Bohe, we summited, and honestly, it would have been it would have been much worse to go back through all that soft snow, having not summited, because then it's like, oh, you're going through all this hell, and you have nothing to show for it. You know what I mean? So, I was I was happy we finished it, so we can cross Mount Yale off the off the list here. It, it was the stats from the hike were we walked thirty two thousand steps. Uh, the elevation gain is a forty three is forty three hundred feet, so that it's approximately like. It's like uh, you know, it's like going, it's like hiking up 400 floors in a in a in a building, or going up 400 flights of stairs. Um, and the whole hike took took uh, eight and a half hours. We were back at the car by about uh, like 3:30 maybe, and we burned 3,700 calories, which <laughs> which is kind of always the case. But you know, it's kind of you know when you when you consider you're walking uphill for you know six miles and you know. It's uh, it's 
pretty good time. And then the next day I went to this bathhouse because I was all beaten up and they just opened this bathhouse. And if you have your vaccination card, you don't have to wear your mask. And so, you know, I'm all about it. And so this bathhouse is not that nice. Like it's nowhere near like what we, like what we did in Japan. It's got like one bat, one hot tub and two saunas. And, and I saw some weird shit in this bathhouse, um, this time around. It's very weird. Like bathhouses in the States, it's, it feels like it's, they feel like, like predatory grounds for all sorts of stuff. Like, um, you know, you, I, I would not be, I would not even be shocked for a moment to hear that like someone got sexually assaulted on any, on any given week in one of these places. Um, it's just not like Japan at all. Um, but like most of the people in this bath were like super old. I mean, like they're all, they're full nude and they're all old. They're all like 80. And I feel like any of these dudes who just die at any moment in these in here. Oh my God. No, I'm serious. And, and they're so old that they're like taking the opportunity to wash each other in these bathhouses. And like, um, they're like in the sauna and the sauna is giant. It's a pretty big sauna. The sauna it's in this place is, is, is fine. It's pretty good. Um, but they've got the weirdest setup. Like they've got these, they have this one wall where they have these two like doors on it that look like those like doors you see in a more in like a morgue where like they pull, they pull, pull like the body out of like the, like the, the slider in the wall. Um, it almost looks like they've got two of those just like open and I don't know how the heat comes out of them, but I guess it's a furnace. It might be like an incinerator from like years gone by and they were using it to like burn bodies but now it's like a sauna and they just turn the incinerator on. I don't really know how they get it to work, but, but, uh, it has that look about it. Like there's no windows. It looks like, it looks like the kind of place you would take like someone to just beat the shit out of them. Like if like the mob would just take them in there to like have their teeth pulled out with hammer or some, or some crap. Um, but on the top riser in this sauna, there's like this big fat guy like laying on his belly on a, uh, on like a yoga mat basically. And there's this like soapy bucket of water on the, on the level below him. And there's like all these old dudes, like all over, like all around. And, uh, this one guy, he's this guy, he's like the washer. He's got this, like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a, it's like a, like has like a handle. And then there's like a hundred little, little, um, like fabric tassels hanging on it, hanging off of it. So it would be, it, it almost looks like an Epic whip or something, or like a giant feather duster. Um, but he'll like dip it in the bucket and he's just like, like this guy's laying on his belly and then this dude's just washing the fuck out of this guy. He's like whipping him with it. He's like hitting him like whoosh, 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 whoosh. and like, it's just soap is just flying everywhere. And it's like a human car wash. And this guy's just like getting fucking washed down in this 170 degree sauna or whatever. And I don't know. It probably felt great to him, but I just feel like these guys in, the, in this place are so old that they can't, they can't wash themselves. So they come here every like three days to get like properly bathed. Um, you know, I don't know if that makes any sense, but, but it's just like, imagine a fat guy getting like whipped with a soap with like a soapy like instrument and he's just like covered in soap and then they'll just pour a whole bucket of hot water on him, you know? Uh, and then they switch and then they take turns and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, out of the sauna, I know I've been talking for a while at this point, but Hey, but Hey, I was gone for a week. The, out of the sauna, uh, you know, I'm back in, I'm getting ready for a massage that I had scheduled and the, there's this guy and he's sitting in like the area where you would like, you know, comb your hair or it has like mirrors and whatnot. And he's sitting there, um, in his like robe, I guess. And he's like, he's like, Hey, he's like, Hey there. And I, or something. And I look at him and I said, I say, I was like, hey, what's up? You know, he's like, I got to say, are you a power lifter? And I'm like, um, I was like, 
It's like, oh, here it goes. I was like, no, not really. I mean, I weight lift, but you know, I don't know if I'm really a power lifter. And he's like, because I got to say, you have very powerful legs. And he's and this guy I mean, and this guy's props like, for knowing knowing the terminology to some degree. This guy's about eighty years old. He's like sixty pounds overweight, um, pale as a ghost, has a has, has the facial hair of like Santa Claus, and he's like and I'm like oh well thank you. I mean I just climbed a fourteen or so maybe that maybe that's why. Um, and I don't I don't he's like I don't remember what the fuck he said after that and then probably asked me what 14 or it was and he's like well yeah I'm trying to get in shape too so I so I've been working on my legs and he like uncrosses his legs so that he's so that his legs are like you know on the flat on the floor or whatever his feet are flat on the floor and his like little his like little Santa Claus penis like like comes out and it's like he he like intentionally tried to draw my attention to his legs just in time for him to like uncross them so I could see his dick um this is the kind of like predatory crap I'm talking about in these bathhouses. Like this guy was obviously like making a sexual advance on me. Um, and you know, thankfully I had, I had a massage in like two minutes and I was like, well, all right, well I gotta go. I got a massage. So I had, I had an excuse to get the fuck out of there, but it's just, uh, I got hit on by a naked Santa Claus. I think he wanted to like, you know, do, I think he wanted to do the massage himself. If if I'm I'm being honest. And, uh, Hmm. But hey, who who doesn't want to get hit on by an 83-year-old Santa Claus? I mean, come on. I mean, I'll raise my hand, but maybe I'm just the minority. <laughs> it was super creepy the way he like uncrossed his legs and his little acorn dick fell out. Um, <laughs> it was about as big as an acorn. And, um, you know, it's whatever, but And then um I'm almost done. And then uh, I, and then I play I did beat Genichiro and gave myself a bit of tendonitis the other night. So, I'm going to play some I'm going to play some Sekiro. You guys probably won't hear about it, but you know, I am. Uh, no, I'm excited to hear your your thing because Genichiro is like the boss that really kind of defines the beginning of the game. Because I feel like for all the bosses and enemies before this time, you you could like fight them in so many different ways and kind of just bash your way through. But Genichiro really teaches you how to pace your play and all the mechanics and really truly enforce learning to parry. So now that you've got that, you are like well equipped for everything that comes next. So I'm I'm excited for you. It was pretty tough, I gotta say, to like relearn how to play the game at Genichiro. So yeah, that's that's a rough call. <clears throat> Whenever I've been away from a game for that long, I always have to restart. I always just start over. Well, I'm pretty far in the game, you know. I mean, this is like a halfway point, or maybe a little past the halfway point. I'm not really interested in restarting it, but. I'd rather just bash my head against it till I relearn what I had and what I needed to know. But, but it, uh, I did notice that like only only something like forty, like thirty or forty percent of players had this had the trophy for beating Genichiro, which means that thirty or forty percent of people never made it past, or I'd say seventy, sixty to seventy percent of players never made it past that point in the game. And then and there's bosses like the final boss, like the only like. 25% of people have that trophy, which means that three out of four people that buy Sekiro are never able to finish it. So, you know, I'm not that shocked. It's probably the same kind of stats for the Dark Souls games, but um, I'm at a platinum it. I think it looks pretty easy, actually. You just kind of have to beat all the bosses and learn all the skills. So, it is a very easy platinum relative yeah. to some of the other Souls games. Yeah, the Dark Souls platinums are pretty tough. So, but hey, that's about all I had. Um, but I'm glad to be back. And the next hike is not for a while. You know, I promised 
pancake. I was like, I'm not gonna, dr- I'm not gonna drag you up here, up here through the snow again. But I'm just checking our. Um, I have like a fancy Excel document I made for like our hiking schedule. And as I as I pull that up, and the next hike is called Humboldt Peak, and it is gonna be on June 12th. So we will see how that goes. So. All right, Caroline. Uh, now, now that I've talked for like thirty straight minutes, yeah. Uh, um, okay. What, what so, do you got going on? Well, a couple days ago, I was just going through. Uh, I was playing my Switch, you know, seeing what was new. I don't really buy a lot of games. I've mostly play like the same two or three, uh, and don't really look into anything else. But I was thinking to myself, hey, might as well, you know, uh, find something new. And I found this game called. Uh, Cozy Grove, which is it's not too expensive. It's like $15 and I even got it when it was like 10% off. So that was good. And it just looked really cute. Uh, it looks like um, from what I could tell online, it looks very or feels very similar to Animal Crossing. I've never played Animal Crossing, so I wouldn't know myself. But uh, it's basically a game where you play this little sprite character. Really cute. And they're like almost like a Girl Scout, but they're a Spirit Scout or something like that. And they're apparently sent to places that are um, haunted by, you know, spirits and you're supposed to help them out and help them move on and everything like that. So your character gets sent to Cozy Grove, which is an island uh, that is very gray and, um, you know, decrepit kind of. (laughs) And it's your job to help out the spirits there that are kind of they're bears, but they don't really look like bears. They look like a like very like rectangular Creatures like, that they if call you went bears. To a uh, like uh, an ice cream truck and got like a bear shaped uh, ice like cream. sponge. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's kind of like that, actually. Um, yeah. So you go around. You uh, help them out by finding different objects around the island. You uh, craft things. You put things together. You bake things. And uh, yeah, and, and it's kind of it's based on real lifetime. So if there is something that you can't find. In one day, you can you spread it out over the course of real time. Uh, yeah, so it's it's. I wouldn't say it's um, you know an, the most amazing game I've ever played. I'm still kind of figuring it out. I've only been playing it for a few days. Uh, you know, there's just some things I'm like, oh, I don't really know what how this works, and I don't know why I need all these things and that kind of thing. And honestly, the the amount of storage you have in your backpack kind of just makes me want to bang my head against the wall because like. I'm always trying to free up space because oh. I have too many things. It's inventory like, management. It's inventory management. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, there you can you know walk through different things on this island because you know there's a lot of trees, there's a lot of uh, you know buildings, rocks, that kind of thing. But for some reason, you can for the most part you can move th- through things. But on the other hand, they'll also act as barriers sometimes for no reason. And there's there was even it even came to the point where I had to lo- log out and log back in because I was just completely stuck. Uh, so I mean there there are a couple problems with it, but if I would recommend it if there has been somebody who was interested in playing Animal Crossing like I was, but got a little bit nervous by the fact that you're spending sixty dollars on a game that's just meant to be mm-hmm. a relaxing experience. I say that this is a good alternative just to try out. I think um, given a little bit more time. And I, you know, figure things out better. Uh, it it would be a a good thing just to turn your brain off for like a good half hour a day. It's not really something that encourages you to play more than it's necessary. So yeah, it's pretty good. 
Is it it's like kind of one of those like daily logins? You do your thirty minutes of activities or quests or chores, and then you jump off. For the most part, yeah. Okay, nice. Are you like restoring color to the land, like a la Okami? Is that how? Is that what's going on in this? Yeah, kind of. Like you, you restore color every time you help out a spirit, but the next day when you know there's more quests to finish, they, it all returns back to gray and. When you do the quests again, they'll return to color. I'm not quite sure why. I kind of just assumed once you helped out a character once, it'll be colorful or at least, um, you know, in, like increase like what the base play is like, um, or, or rather how the island looks. But yeah, the more characters you help out, there will be more characters to add in. That's kind of just how it goes, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah, but, uh, and also they kind of have a similar dialogue thing. Like it's it's not really it's not really like um. Like how and, and how Animal Crossing is, I know that some of the characters can be a little bit uh, sassy and a bit mean spirited, and that makes it funny. And this game, it's kind of like it's just very quirky dialogue, so it makes it a little funny. There's some game I've been trying to, I'm trying to think of the name of it right now, but it's like uh, it's an R, it's an RPG on the PS PS4 that's like um, you're like a little anime looking girl, and there's like you, you, you start out like on a farm. I'm trying to fucking remember the name of this game because I was kind of curious if any of you had played it, but it'll probably come to me as soon as this is done. But it's not like Stardew Valley, is it? Nah, it's not Stardew Valley. I, I, I'll try to think of the name of it, but you're like this little, this little cute, like anime, cartoony looking girl, and and you fight like monsters, and and you're like you, you grow. You're the game starts, and you're like on a farm. It's it's not like I, what the fuck is that called? Like Setsuna? I, I'm 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 gonna have to look it up, but but I don't know. This might be a game that um, it, it just seems like one of those like peaceful sort of uh, like relaxing games. It's like this yeah, cozy grove. Yeah, like, it has nice like uh, a guitar music in the background. It's nice, although it gets a little bit repetitive. I kind of wish the the music is nice, but I wish there was more of it. And also, when you just stand around, your character does this little dance, and it's adorable. <laughs> is 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 the game at all like um, like Harvest Moon or any of those? Because it kind of feels like I am not familiar. Like it has yeah, a yeah. I don't know. What... Yeah, we're we're always looking for for more games that are like uh, like like Hollow Knight, like like Stardew Valley. <laughs> honestly, it was like the hot thing around my household the last two years. Is like every Stardew Valley was like such a you know, so, so such a potent gaming experience for a game that was made by one dude. So, Ooh. so would you recommend that game? Are you enjoying it a lot? I think so. It's it's only fifteen dollars, so it's really not that much of an investment. If you don't like it, you know you'll you'll get over it soon enough. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's pretty decent for what it is. It just you know, it's just something cute, just a little relaxing game. Hmm. You know, pick up some sea seashells. Sea you know, harvest some fruit. <laughs> now, does it have an objective, Help though? Help a like, ghost bear. You know, like, a lot of these games don't really have an ending. So, is there, is there like, an end game to it that you're aware of? Well, every time you help out one of these bear spirits, they have, like, a set amount of hearts above their head. They're, like, you know, like, five hearts or something like that. The more you help them, the more those hearts fill in. So, um, I would... I don't know what happens when you fill in all the hearts. Maybe they go away and they're like, oh, yay, thank you. But for the most part, it seems like, you know, it's, it definitely takes some time before that actually happens because they'll only grow in increments. But I don't know if there's going to be a complete end game. I don't, I don't think I don't feel like this is the kind of game that has that. Hmm. 
Okay. You just play it until you've had your fill, maybe. Perhaps, but, you know, only time can tell. I thought I found the name of that game, by the way, I was trying to think of. It's called Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. So I have never heard of this, so I would not have guessed it. Yeah, it came out um, like six months ago, and it was originally on the Switch, but now it's on the PS4, and it, it it's... Uh, I posted a link to like the wiki page for it, but it's I was close. I said I I, I was saying Setsuna, but it's Sakuna. Um, but like I really want to get this game, but it's it's like ooh, do I really want to spend thirty bucks for it? But like you can see by looking at photos that like the art style is very very pleasant. Yeah, um, it looks nice. What else? So Mason, how Mason, how did you get sunburned exactly? And are you prone to sunburns? I no, I am not so pasty that I am at constant risk. But usually once a year, I go out on some excursion that I think will not be as sun-inducing as Mm -hmm. I'm expecting, only to realize halfway through, like, oh, I'm in trouble. (laughs) Uh, So I play play some pickup soccer games every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And this last Saturday, it was looking a little overcast. And I was like, oh, perfect. I'll just go out there. No, no sunscreen, because why would I? I'm I'm a stupid, stupid person. And after like two minutes, the the heavens opened up and then the rain clouds beyond those heavens also opened up. So the full brunt of our glorious sun was just pounding us for like three hours straight. And I got a little a little little toasty. Got a little toasted. (laughs) It's not too bad. I'm not, you know, peeling or anything or like, oh, I can't sleep or shower because it hurts. It's it's actually not that bad at all. But I I honestly didn't do much this week as far as hobbies go. It was, as we'll talk about later, I reread pretty much half of Berserk, like the whole second mm-hmm. half. I I went through all of that. I you know, I played like a, I played a couple things with soccer. I've been watching hockey. I actually, the reason I was a little bit late to this recording was I was out playing disc golf with my brother and some of his friends, and we were just talking about nerd stuff as we are prone to do. As you might have noticed, I am very a, much a fan of, and we were talking about video games and whatnot. And we were talking about the PS5 and how one of the Guys was really excited for the new Ratchet and Clank because mm-hmm. I believe it's like PS5 only and it will be really the first big flex of the you know multi-loading ability of it. Who knows whatever. But the other guy was like, I have a PS5. I'm not excited for Ratchet and Clank, and there's like no games to play for it. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Like, I don't have a PS5. And if I did, I would pretty much just play Demon Souls and and that's about it. And he was like, Well, do you want to just borrow my ps5 and i i was like yeah sure so actually <laughs> after disc golf i ran over to this dude's house grabbed his ps5 and now i have a ps5 temporarily in wow. my basement with demon souls ready to go so Ooh. i will uh i will hopefully be getting to play that and report back so that's my that's my future hobby addicts update okay all right well, have you ever played Demon Souls, Mitch? Yes, I have. I played it on, when it came out before, which I think was PS3, maybe. Yeah, decades ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it came out like 15 years ago or something, and uh, I think I was in like college when that came out. I, I've played all the Souls games, I've you know, um, 
and I cleared it, but I was I was definitely interested in playing it again. It's been so long, I don't remember much about I remember mm-hmm. a couple areas, but I don't remember much. Um but yeah, I would definitely be interested in playing that again. You know, the Dark Souls games are always very there's an allure to them, sort of. The the feeling of like reaching a checkpoint and like lighting the bonfire or whatever and realizing that you're not gonna have to like play through that section anymore and worry about dying all the time. Just like some it's very like continually rewarding experience. Mm-hmm. And then Absolutely. when you're able to and when you're ever and when you're able to overcome a boss like get like Genichiro, you're like, ooh. Like I may have a tendonitis in my forearm now, but I beat him. And I'm like, but I'm, I'm worth. Like, I'm like jumping up and down doing the suck it motion, like screaming for like a whole minute. <laughs> suck my dick. Suck my dick. You know, I never played, you know, Dark Souls or anything like that. But from what I know of it, it seems like it's a game for people who are masochistic. Or is that how you say it? Mas- masochistic? Masochistic. Masochistic. Yeah. masochistic. Masochistic. Well, <laughs> I'd say it's a game franchise for people who like a good challenge. And... um there's a, I think there's an element of, of like elitism to Dark Souls because it's like there are definitely, as I said before, only like it seems like only about 25% of people that bought Genet, that bought Sekiro were able to clear it. So it's like, oh, I'm playing Dark Souls and I'm so I'm, I'm getting good, you know, as they say. And, you know, the like average gamers just aren't going to probably be able to hack it through Dark Souls because it's just people don't people want don't have the patience. And uh, I, I feel like there's just, a over-exaggeration in the medium about how difficult it is. And I'm not saying it's not hard because there is a learning curve and it does take a while to master. But I I feel like it just is a game that is set permanently on a hard difficulty mode. Like, the new God of War game, and this doesn't need to devolve into a whole discussion on difficulty in video games, but, like, the new God of War game, the, like, hardest difficulty of that is brutal it's absolutely punishing and requires the same level of you know skill and patience and learning the mechanics that any dark souls game does but it just has other modes that don't require you to learn and memorize every single thing so i feel like dark souls is not like so much harder compared to other games it just does not have any option to make things easier and it forces you to learn and appreciate everything at play so I don't know. I feel like anyone could play Dark Souls. Well, I mean, yeah, I just people don't have the people don't have the patience for and that's a straw man, but like I just don't think I just don't think people have the patience for dying 50 times as they go through an area and and always losing all of their progress and having all the enemies respawn and and still enjoy it. And still enjoy it, you know. I mean, it's just I think that for a lot of people it's just a it's just a fucking frustrating experience, but then but like I said, when you're able to get to that point where you where you overcome the area that you're in, you feel like you get like a like a like a rewarding satisfaction from being able to, you know. Yeah, it's it's a huge rush, and you just need people to get that first one. You need every Dark Souls game or Bloodborne, like the first area is the most brutal because you're endlessly chipping away with no progress, and you fe- you don't get mm-hmm. any reward, and you're just like, what's the point of it? And after hours, potentially. You could have gone literally nowhere, and that stinks. It sucks. But if you've had that experience of overcoming that obstacle once, you're you're hooked. And I think that's that's why I keep on coming back for more, baby. <laughs> also, um, public service announcement. As I said, like I kept telling people on Discord, do not buy do not buy cryptocurrency. Uh, 
It's parabolic. It's too risky. Not a smart investment. And in the last, gee, how many days? It's been about... It's been like a week and a half, maybe? 11 days, yeah, about a week and a half. The cryptocurrencies have fallen by an average of like 50%. Like they've just plummeted. And the, and the, and the fall, the drop isn't finished by any stretch. Um, and it's just it just goes to show you that like, uh, you know, I did tell people to buy crypto in 2017. Would you have made a lot of money had you done that? Yes. But... At this point in time, I just don't feel like it's a good place to invest your money. It's just too... Anything that can lose half of its value because one fucking guy says something or because, you know, China goes, oh, we don't like crypto or something, it's just not worth investing in. You're, 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 you're investing in pure sentiment. And it's just there's really no... There's nothing of value under the cryptocurrencies to make them to make them maintain their price. So when something... So when, like, a bad piece of news comes out, they just fucking plummet to, like, the floor... And that's what's happening right now. So hopefully, not too many people are being caught in the in the wave. But I, that said, if if Bitcoin does drop to like ten thousand again, I will probably buy a couple of them. But um, it's just crazy. Yeah. So I know people that have like twenty thousand dollars of computer equipment to like mine crypto right now. And if this shit keeps dropping the way it's been dropping, if it keeps doing this for like another week, they're going to be eating their shirt. So it's just very risky. So. Anyway, but hey, whoa, good hobby addicts. Very <laughs> I'm glad glad be, we finally got that story. I'm glad to be back. I'm sorry my audio fucked up. You know, no sweat. Yeah, I did find the problem though. Very silly. So it looks like so I had to get an audio engineer on Zoom to figure this out, and uh, I should have just fucked with all the settings till I to it till it started working. But there is a noise suppression feature in discord and apparently it was on and it was suppressing it was it was it was digging so deeply into like the wavelengths or whatever however however the the engineer put it he was like oh noise suppression is supposed to just pick up like background noise and get rid of it but it was it was suppressing everything all the audio was being ripped out by this by this plug-in so the minute i turned it off boom started uh, working i don't hear him yeah Ah, see, <laughs> I turned it on. We lost you. Just as we were discussing. Just as we were, we were discussing, discussing how easy it was, was to fix audio. I was just demonstrating we lost you. because okay, I clicked. We're good. I flicked on the noise suppression feature again, and, it can't, and I and I went and I disappeared. Okay, yeah, we couldn't hear you. Yeah, because this noise suppression feature on Discord sucks. It like it'll not only will it eliminate background noise, but apparently will your entire mic. <laughs> so I don't know why the fuck that's in there, but um, I mean, I have it on. Well, it sure it sure works well for you. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> it doesn't work well for me. It's like you know what you you know what, Mitz, your voice. It's just background noise. Let's suppress done. that. You're Let's done. Get that out of here. But you wouldn't think that that's the culprit because you've never toggled that before. Well, I hear you. But regardless, I'm just happy I'm fucking here, and I'm, I'm assuming I don't sound like ass. So we are glad that you're back, and we can hear you loud and clear. So. Thanks for doing it. All right. I love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.